CBS Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick 6 Podcast, Week 10 NFL Sunday. Nick Costos and Pete Prisco here at Fort Lauderdale. We'll be joined by Billy Brinson in just a little bit here. Pete, Bill is um, putting his kid to sleep and therefore is not able to join us on time. Apparently, a concept foreign to me and you, right? A concept for, well, I, the concept being that we are we are always on time to what we're supposed well, to Well, we're always doing. on time to what we're doing, but we also don't have kids to go put, put down and read lullabies to or whatever. Correct. Yes, Will is currently reading his son a lullaby, and then will be joining us See, for this podcast. If I did have a son, I'd be reading to him. I'd say, okay, uh, here's the playbook. You're going to get to know this, and you're going you're gonna to understand football. Here's the playbook. You go to bed right now because Daddy has to go, has <laughs> gotta, to go into the podcast. He actually has to do work, so you have this bed to sleep in. All right, so while, <laughs> while we wait for, uh, for Will, and we'll see if we get JLC on also. JLC, of course, uh, finishing up with the NFL today. Let's start with my New York football Giants. And, you know, you thought 51-17 was bad last week. But you know what the Giants said today, Pete? Hold my beer. Wait till you see what we do in San Francisco. This was as embarrassing and pathetic a performance. And I've been watching the Giants for 30 years. One of the worst performances that I've ever seen. It might even be the worst because of the way the team quit. Janoris Jenkins was flat out disgraceful today in refusing to make some tackles in this spot. They've quit on Ben McAdoo. McAdoo wasn't doing great to begin with here. They got a clean house, and I think this is the worst team in the league. I think I would take the Browns to beat the Giants, Pete. I don't know if I would go that far, but they're pretty darn bad. The Browns at least play with a modicum of pride. They're not very good, and Hugh Jackson doesn't know what he's doing. This but. team quit today. There's no doubt. When you see guys passing on tackles, Janoris Jenkins passed on a tackle. Other guys blew assignments. They're just not a very good team right now. And Ben McAdoo stands over there and acts like he has no idea how to change it. He doesn't know what to do. And so I think you should make it. I think if it was me, if I was John Mara and we saw him in the box, he saw a lot of them on TV. If it was me, I would make the change tomorrow. I, I'd get him out of there. You, they're playing the Chiefs at home next week. Andy Reid off the bye. Andy Reid off the bye. The opening line is Chiefs minus 13 and a half on the road. And you'd be crazy to take the points with the Giants. Here, you can't have McAdoo go coach this game against the Chiefs. They're going to lose by 60. But here's what, here's what I, I don't think happens. If you make the change, you're not making the change and, automatically winning football games. You're making the change, and your culture changes. You get guys. Get guys that are quitting. Get them. Sit them down. You know, they, they should sit Janora Shankins down for yes, a game. They he should. should not play next week, because no. that was awful what we saw today. It was awful. terrible. It was terrible. Hey, look, Jerry Reese has to go, too. Let's be real. I, I, I think Jerry Reese should have been gone they before, before this. They should have got rid of Jerry Reese and kept Tom Coughlin. Or get rid of both of them. Well, they should have kept Tom Coughlin. But I, you know what? I, I, and look, I, I have to be consistent because I said at the time that I thought it was time for Tom to go. But both of them had to go. It was asinine to keep and let Jerry Reese hire the next coach after he screwed up the roster. And last, and I've been saying it. I said it all offseason. Last year's eleven and five team was the worst eleven and five team in the history of the NFL. Odell Beckham was the glue holding this team together. Without him, they've completely unraveled. And uh, I just don't know. And if they had a good defense. This. They had a good defense last year. Now they don't have a good defense. They made C.J. Beathard look like Joe right. frickin' Montana today. They, Pete. they got. They got to go they, they, they got to clean the house and didn't you get the impression looking at Mara who's not by the way one of those guys that makes knee-jerk reactionary moves this ain't a knee-jerk reaction no, no I think but you know what on the surface though you look at it and you go he went 11 and 5 and went to the postseason last year you're going to be blowing out a coach 
after a year after going to the playoffs, that's kind of knee jerk reaction. It's right? not because because this is it's done at this point. You you would yeah, agree, right? I would agree. I would agree. I don't even think it's up for debate. That's how bad I think it is. No, I do too. And it was uh but really- kudos to the forty nine for winning the game. Yeah, they beat the Giants. Congratulations. Well, he still won a game. They thought, you know, they, look, they were on the path to going over, right? I mean, yeah, I think they would have won at some point. We'll see Garoppolo at some point, I think, this year. But I mean, to me, this was, and I'm not trying, you're a 49ers fan. I'm not trying to take anything away from your team. Good, good for you on the win. I think you got good leadership with Lynch and Shanahan. You're building towards something in the future. But this was more about the Giants laying down than it was about the Niners Absolutely. earning a win. Again, that's not taking anything away from San Francisco. It's just stating the fact of the matter. Well, now, now the next question is, okay, if you don't blow out the coach, when do they sit the quarterback? Uh, well, I don't know if you sit Eli because you, I think you keep the streak going, but Davis Webb should be playing in these games because you got to see at what you end, have in at him. At the end, particularly. He's uh, like, play. like, why was Eli Manning in the garbage time right. drive down 31 13 in the fourth quarter? That makes no sense. Put Davis Webb in and see what you've got. I mean, I know the but offensive really line's bad. You can't, really can't evaluate Davis Webb coming in garbage time. But at least the, give him some reps. I would see what he does time. with live but, bullets but here. You can't Pete. evaluate him on that. They're going to have a top five pick. Do you take a quarterback or not? Like, you got, they spent the third round pick on this guy, Davis Webb. Can you see what you've got in him? But you can't really see what you have in him by putting him in garbage time. You got to see what you have in him by starting him. Yeah, so well, would you start him at some point this season? I, it, let's see what happens. I think if he keeps going like this, I, right. I, I really, it's almost like as a Giants fan, and I, Eli's my favorite athlete of all time. I don't even want to see Eli on the field with right. this team because it's, almost, it's, it's you insulting. Pity him. Right, you pity him. Like like Eli's bet, and look, Eli is past his prime. He's long in the tooth, but he's better than this. He and, and he's not the reason why they're losing. No, he's better than this. He's he better, and, and he's never quit. No, and he, and he never would. Bad. And he's won this franchise two Super Bowls. So, I agree. just a complete and total disgrace. So, a horrendous day for the New York Football Giants. A bad day for the Buffalo Bills as one. Obviously, not as bad as are. the Giants. You but are what you it, are. Pete, you were saying it. So, Saints, my Saints, winners now of seven in a row, and for the second consecutive week, the Bills blown out at home. Well, and again. We, we have a tendency in this league, we rush to judgment on teams. They, they get a little schedule favorable in certain situations. They win those games. And then all of a sudden, oh, the Buffalo Bills are a contender and not the team we thought they'd be, which was a tanking team. Then they go to New York and get just destroyed by the Jets. And then they come home and they're at home. You got 10 days off to regroup against the Saints team that traditionally doesn't play that well outside. And you were destroyed. Their offense was just dominated by the Saints' defense. They had nothing on the other side of the ball. They're not a good football team right now. I said last week on this podcast, this very podcast, I said they would be defined by what happens in the next four games. You looked at their schedule, and you guys laughed at me. He said the Jets, and then he said the Saints. Then they got the Chargers on the road, I think, coming up. They got a brutal stretch here. They are who we thought they were, the team that might lean more toward tanking than a playoff team. They're not a good football team. But, I think, but we give them credit for getting to this point. Getting Correct. To five Sean McDermott's done a hell of a job with this team. Yeah, and they're, and they're building for something good here with all the picks they've got coming up in next year's draft. And on the flip side, Saints. Wow. What a performance. To put almost 50 points on the board despite less than 200 yards passing from Drew Brees. Look, I said at the beginning of the year, I didn't think it would come. I, I'll give myself a little credit, but I didn't think it would be this. They are getting it done with a running game and defense. It's pretty wild to watch. And they have a Hall of Fame quarterback that they can go to if they need him. And they haven't needed to go to him. That You know they can, but they haven't had to. That's the good thing about the Saints. Look, Saints defense, right now Dennis Allen might be the – assistant coach of the year in the National Football League. He's taken a unit that was awful, and he's molded it into being, in the last seven weeks, I think they're giving up like 13 points a game, or less than that now even. That tells me that 
A, there's more talent there, and there is. I mean, young guys like Rankins, who had a sack, Sheldon Rankins defensive tackle, had a sack today. Former first-rounder. The, Lattimore, the corner, first-rounder. You know, Picaro, a high what first-rounder. Yep. I mean, these guys are all starting to play to their expectations. And Cam Jordan, like I say every week, is a defensive player of the year candidate. So you add it all up. Dennis Allen's done a great job. Look, Sean Payton's in the conversation for coach of the year. And I'm a, they were 0-2, Pete. We we, we kind of left them for dead after 0-2 after went, the loss to the Patriots. And then Patriots. they went to Carolina and won that game. And, and, then, and thumped and, the Panthers. Yeah. And, look, he's the best play caller in the NFL, in my mind. And he's got, the, the, the like I always say, the best mind in the NFL playing quarterback for him. And he hasn't had to rely on any of that. When they have to, they will be able to. This is a dangerous team. I'm, again, I'm going to give you credit for it. I was there this summer. I look, I watched that team up and down, studied them, and was there on practice field for three days. I didn't see this happening because I didn't think the defense would be that good. 48 carries today in Buffalo, 298 yards, 6.2 yards per attempt, six rushing touchdowns, three for Ingram, one for Kamara, one for Trey Edmonds, and one for Drew Brees. So the Saints have now won seven consecutive games. Where do you rank New Orleans among the best teams in the NFL? In the conversation in the NFC, I, I you know I still think we have to, to be determined on who the best team is. I think you got to you know November end of November, early December is when your best teams emerge. I think you'll see that now. Uh, we'll we'll get a real clear picture on who they are, but they're in the conversation now. They have two games against the Falcons still, which is always a rivalry, and that, that could go a long way to decide the division. Uh, they still got it. Carolina has still has to come to town, I think, too, for a game. They've only um, played once. Right. So they got three. Those are three tough games, and they're going to be in the mix. Look, they're good on defense. They can run the ball, and they have Drew Brees, and they have Sean Payton, who's the best play caller in the league. All right, let's move now to Atlanta since you brought them up. Your Falcons, Pete, uh, improving to 5-4 and four by beating the Cowboys. Dallas goes up 7 nothing in this game, and I look at you in the green room here, and I go, you're going to have to pull a Mia culpa, Pete, for all the Falcons love. And then Atlanta just bludgeons Dallas from that point forward. 27 consecutive points. Poor Dak Prescott had absolutely no chance in this game. Chaz Green, the human turnstile in relief of, uh, of, of Tyron Smith. And six sacks for Adrian Claiborne. They made Adrian Claiborne look like Derek frickin' Thomas today, Pete. Well, Chaz Green was a spinning top. I mean, he was, you call him a turnstile. That's what he is. I, I mean, just called him the human turnstile. Yeah, he's a turnstile. Yeah. I mean, and I, I look, the bottom I'm line. I'm happy you were listening. That's good. I didn't hear you say that. I wasn't paying attention because he was writing something down on the paper. Yes, our, our, the conductor, Eric The conductor. The conductor. But look, this was a big game for the Falcons. And the reason it was a big game for the Falcons, they were on the road for three games. Hadn't played very well. People were killing them. Had to come home. Had to get this game. They go to Seattle next week. Then they got three more, I think, in a row at home. So they're sitting in a favorable schedule situation. They had to find a way to win this game. If they didn't, they were done. And I, you, when you looked at me, I said, they don't win this game. They're done. They're toast. Well, they found a way to win the game. They got the running game going a little bit. Coleman ran well. That took the pressure off Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan made some plays in the second half. And, oh, by the way, like you said, that defensive line got after the quarterback. This is going to put a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott. You know, we've all praised him, and I'm I'm right there with you. I think the kid loves the game. I think he works at it. I think he, he studies tape as well as anybody. He lives the game. But it's a different animal when you don't have Zeke running the ball the way he runs it, and that offensive line will open up gaping holes there. Then it becomes on you. And is he capable of playing above the scheme and above when things aren't going right? The great ones do. You, Rodgers does it all the time. Brady does it. You know, they hit the backs out of the backfield. They do things to compensate. The great ones do. He's he so has to. young in his career. I know, I know. But now, but you can't, you gotta get it past well, that. He, but he had no chance today. But, but true, but he's still, 
Nick, they scored seven points. But, but, but I mean, but he was sacked eight times. I mean, he's under duress the entire game, and it's not like the Falcons are, you know, the 86 Giants here. I mean, come on. I agree, but he wasn't great either before the sacks. I mean, he, before the sacks started coming in bunches when they fell behind. But, look, I think he's a really damn good quarterback. But when you don't have Elliott and the offensive line isn't opening holes for the run game like they've been in, and I thought, that, by the way, I'm going to criticize the Cowboys a little bit here. They got away from the run. Morris went run, run, well, run, Morris run, run, pretty good, and then yeah. they went drop back a pass, and he got sacked, and it put him in a bad situation on one drive. So, yeah, they got to be true to who they are. They got to run the ball, and they got to allow the kid to throw the ball off the play action. All right, stuff. so I'm going to give you the Cowboys next three games. Zeke has his hearing on December first, so let's just let let's cut the have the line be there next Sunday night. The Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, that's a war. They who, can who, win who, it. Who do you like? I like the Eagles. Okay, then they host Philip Rivers and the Chargers on Thanksgiving. That's not going to be a gimme game. No, it's not going to be a, not with the way those, if their line is in. With Bosa and Ingram. I right. mean, if you said Adrian Claiborne did Bosa and Ingram, yeah. we're going to eat Dak Prescott for lunch. And then the Washington Redskins at home the following, that's the most winnable of the three games right. here. But the Cowboys are right now are five and four. They could be six and six after the stretch here when they get Zeke and back. They, and, and, and the division's in the rearview mirror at that point. They, they ain't, they ain't catching Philly. No. And, and they play next week. If the Eagles beat them, they're not catching them, period. Even if, if, when Elliott does come back, figure, figure it out. If the Eagles beat them next week, they'll be what? Seven? That's six. What would that? What would their record be then, if the Eagles beat them next week? They would be five and five. And the Eagles would be three. Technically, Nine and one. And so technically, five games ahead of them. Five games ahead. Well, well, they they play again at the end of the right, season, but so still, not confirmed for no. that for, the, for that extra. But game. at the moment, five games ahead of them. Before we bring in our friend Jason Lockhart for, I want to tell you about our friends at Blue Apron. Now, last month, Blue Apron celebrated their fifth anniversary by bringing back their top 20 recipes from throughout the past five years. It's picked by you, the Blue Apron community. You can try Blue Apron's all-time customer favorites by going to blueapron.com slash pick six. That's blueapron.com slash pick six. And I got to tell you, my sister doesn't stop raving about Blue Apron. She's not a very good cook. She's okay. My sister Katie, I love you. She listens to the podcast, so I don't want to crush her too much, but she has become a much better cook because of Blue Apron. Her and my brother-in-law, Matt, they get Blue Apron sent to their house. They prepare the meals. They're absolutely delicious. My sister loves salmon. She says it's absolutely incredible. Blue Apron is the what you want to be getting if you want to cook, you want it to be easy, you want a lot of the work to be done for you, and you want it to be delicious, there's only one direction to go to, and it's Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get $30, $30 off your free meal with free shipping. All you've got to do is go to blueapron.com slash pick six. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Blueapron.com slash pick six. Blue Apron, it's the better way to cook. And with that, we welcome in CBS Sports NFL Insider, our good buddy, Jason LaCanfora, JLC, on the train. What's up, brother? Uh, you know, stopped at Metro Park, man. Your guy's favorite stop. There it is. Working our way to Baltimore. Nice. There you go. I'm going with red wine tonight, Pete, in case you were wondering. I think it'll go better with the risotto. <laughs> you go back with the risotto again, huh? Yeah, it was a noodle. Like I told you, same fix as last week. Noodle bowl, uh, shrimp. Caesar salad, which Noodle I had yesterday good. on the way up. Anything uh, sounds like good. I'm starving. Yeah, so this is a true story, uh, Jason. So we ordered Mexican food today, and it was not good. And Pete took one bite and then threw it all away. So Pete has, has actually not eaten all day. So we can. He's you quite, didn't exactly. You nibbled on yours. You didn't eat much of yours. Well, I had a couple cookies for sustenance. <laughs> so so we'll just we'll hopefully get out of here quickly so we can get something to eat. So let's go with the Steelers and the Colts guys. Um so this almost turned into the classic Mike Tomlin Steelers on the road game here, Jason. Yeah. But 
Pittsburgh does pull out the win. Boswell kicks a field goal as time expires. Pittsburgh wins 20-17. to 17. Yeah, look, I mean, they survived. They, that's all you can really expect, right? I mean, you'd love to have style points. You'd love to win sexy. But they didn't lose. And the other teams in their division are combined 7-20. and 20. So, you know, Pittsburgh is going to cruise their division title. They hang in there with uh, New England. And those teams meet in week 15. Uh, I believe that game is on CBS. I hope we've protected that game. And that'll probably decide the AFC. You know what, though, Jason? I expected coming off the bye that the offense would get back to looking like the offense we expect to see from the Steelers. And we didn't. And, you know, the Colts aren't good on defense. And I expect the Steelers to get cranked up on offense. And it just didn't happen that way. Ben doesn't look right. He doesn't. He just doesn't. He, he looks almost disinterested. I mean, there right. were shots at him today where he's almost like, if they catch it, great. If they don't, eh. Jason, the, on the Vance McDonald touchdown, Vance McDonald's like six foot five. He almost overthrew him. He was wide open in the end zone. Vance had to jump to get it. Yeah, I will say this. I talked to some people there after the game. They, they didn't have a great feeling. And I haven't charted this number wise because I haven't had time to look it up, but they were like, dude, we're never really good coming off a bye. We're, we're usually not sharp offensively coming off a bye. Not that that's an excuse or whatever, but again, I mean, they won the game. It, they, they, they won the game, and they've had their slip-ups already, and if they don't lose to crappy teams, they're going to have a chance to be the one seed. What do you make of the Jacoby Brissett concussion brouhaha, Jason? Because it looked like he was clearly concussed. Um, he comes back into the game, and then he's put in the, the least concussion protocol after the game. I would imagine this is not a story that will go away anytime soon. No, it'll be investigated, I'm sure, by the NFL and NFLPA. We'll hear from the league about that in all likelihood tomorrow, I'd imagine. They'll confirm that. I mean, when he came sprinting back into the game, I was shocked because he clearly got hit in the back of the head. Uh, he, he needed help getting up. He was somewhat dazed. Tolzien comes in, plays like a, a play or two, and boom, back comes Brissett. I thought it was going to take more time. I thought it was going to be a more thorough view. The Colts are saying that he started to display concussion um you know, side effects, symptoms after the game. Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, again, I, I don't have all the information right now. I don't know where this is necessarily going, but I have a hard time thinking that the NFL and the NFLPA are both going to find that every single I was, you know, dotted and every single T was crossed. All right, so let's move now to a pair of NFC teams, gentlemen, that both won to improve to 7-2 and two today. And, Pete, let's start with the Minnesota Vikings. And it looks like Case Keenum took all this Teddy Bridgewater talk to heart because he came out and threw four touchdown passes. It was a little bit of Case Keenum giveth and Case Keenum taketh away, a couple bad interceptions. But um, at the end of the day, Minnesota now 7-2 and two with Case Keenum at the helm. Yeah, the kid's a gunslinger. I mean, he's going to take his shots. He's going to make some really good throws. And he's going to make some really bad throws. And we saw both of that today. But if you would have told people before the season that in a key game on the road, it, you know, coming off the bye, that you would have Case Keenum starting a quarterback and you can get four touchdown passes and two interceptions and 388 yards, they would have signed off on it in a minute. The Vikings, if they can continue to get that kind of play from him, they're going to be a factor in the playoffs come playoff time. Because I think they're winning the division. I mean, that's almost a certainty now that I think there'll be a factor in the playoffs with that defense. And defense travels. They played today without Everson Griffin. Now, the defense wasn't great today, but they found a way on the road to win a tough game. And the Redskins, to me, Jason, that's a big, big, big disastrous loss for them in terms of 
yeah. how the season will play. Coming out. off the Seattle win to go to right. lose at home, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think the Redskins and the Chargers had the most devastating losses in the league for teams that I thought could still at least stay on the periphery of this thing and maybe even get into the playoffs and, and do a little bit of damage. Um, big, big losses. But I want to focus on Case Keenum. Please. I mean, he had the back-to-back passes that Swearinger picked up. One was just a lob up for grabs ball he never should have thrown. The other one, Swearinger made a nice play to, to jump the route. But, dude, before that, before the first interception, he was like 18-23 for 300-plus yards, four touchdowns, no picks, four and literally teams. a perfect quarterback rating. Um, for the year, he's got a rating of 93, 11 touchdowns, five picks, completing 65% of his passes, averaging over 7.3 per attempt. Three times this year, he's had a quarterback rating over 110 in an individual game. In a year where quarterbacks are getting hurt or playing like crap, he's been damn good. For $2 million a year from a one-year deal, that's the steal of the century. And I'm telling you, I wrote this. Nobody's talking about it. They need to sign this guy. They have no quarterbacks under contract next year. This is a playoff team, a team that, you know, on any given day can play with anybody in the league. And you got Bradford, who won't be back there, who will be playing on a prove it contract somewhere else. You got Bridgewater, who they didn't pick the fifth year option up on for good reason. And no one knows what he's going to be like when he plays. He's been gone for so long. I would get this guy signed. I would give him Josh McCown money for next year. Hey, six million with a chance to earn another two in incentives and playing time. Like, I would want some security going into the offseason. If he leads them into the playoffs and wins a playoff game, it's going to cost them money. I would buy low on this guy right now. You could do worse than him. He's obviously a fit with Pat Shermer, who is going to get head coaching opportunities. Remember I told you that. He will interview for head coaching jobs. Trust me. He got a raw deal in Cleveland anyway when Haslam came in there and blew him out after a year or two. They're an interesting team to me. They lose Dalvin Cook. Diggs has missed a couple of games this year. And that offense keeps getting it done. Speaking of offenses getting it done, the L.A. Rams, uh, this is like, like the greatest show on turf part two, uh, keeps rolling here. 33-7 to over the Houston Texans. Jared Goff, 355 yards through the air to go along with three touchdowns. I mean, Tom Savage is Tom Savage, Pete, but this game was never especially close. The Rams are 7-2. and two. And you know what? And only getting better because I think the defense is starting to grasp onto this Wade Phillips scheme, which is tough. It's complicated. It can take some time. They're getting better on that side of the ball. Offensively, they're very good. And I want to give Sean McVay a ton of credit. He's a great play caller. He's a great offensive mind. He threw from backed up in his own end zone, hit a big play, 97 yards to uh, Robert Woods or whatever it was. from Close to it. And to me, that tells you he's not afraid to take his shots. But more than that, let's let's credit the players. Because this offensive line with Whitworth and Sullivan is ten times better. They made Sackville better. Gurley's better. Gurley's better. The Woods is better than what they had Higby's last year. Higby's better. Cooper, Everett's better. Cup's better. I mean, they're a better team. And it makes calling plays a lot easier when you have the talent. Look, they go to Minnesota next week. They play the Vikings next week. That's it's Rams-Vikings next yes, week? That that's is exciting. Be an interesting game. Jason, how do you rank these teams yeah. atop the NFC right now? Uh, let, let's, take, let's take the Eagles out of it for a second. The Rams, yeah, the Vikings, and the Saints are I all mean, seven and two. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, I look the Saints, the the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Rams. Nobody thought those would be the four sort of horsemen of the apocalypse at going into Week Eleven in the NFC, but they are. And I don't know that there's a whole lot separating all of them. I think the Eagles have certainly played the best football in totality. But any given Sunday, I don't know what happens with the, any of those teams. I'm still not giving up on Seattle. Um, the Richard Sermon injury is devastating, but I, I, I'm not ready to completely write them off. 
Um, but, I mean, the Rams, the thing that stuns me about the Rams is they came into this game, and their six wins, their average margin of victory was 20.12 points. And they exceeded it today. I mean, what did they win by what, 24 today? I mean, 26. That's staggering. I mean, think of this is the Rams we're talking about. Even when they won in recent years, right, it was 9-7 with a late safety or something. Or 13 Austin yeah. returns a punt for a touchdown, and they win 13-12. Like, this is the freaking Rams. Pete, how do you think they stack up atop the NFC? And, and like, you, by the way, you are right. Rams and Vikings next Sunday yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I'd say one would be the Eagles. Two would be the Rams. I think I like the Saints. No, two would be the Saints. Three would be the Rams. And four would be the Vikings right now for me. Vikings minus two and a half in that game next wow. week. So it appears as if it were on a neutral field that the boys in the desert would like the Los Angeles Rams uh, a little bit more, which I think is is, is just uh, is utterly fascinating. So that's going to be a pretty good one next week. Um, how about the AFC South? The two teams that we have determined to be the favorites there, I think, clearly at this point with um, with Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson out. Jacksonville and Tennessee both winning close games today, Pete. The Jaguars going into overtime to beat the Chargers thanks to a, a gift roughing the passer call on Joey Bosa at the end of regulation after a hideous Blake Bortles interception. Bad Blake Bortles interception. Fumble return for a touchdown that was called back because they said he was touched down. Fumble by the Chargers when they're trying to run out the clock in that situation, which is awful. Uh, I mean, it was just the end of that game was crazy. Jacksonville didn't have a deep sna- a, a, a snapper on their field goals, so they had to use Tyler Shatley, who was the third straight, third snapper on the winning How field goal. How about Rivers? The Rivers interception, and then they let Bouye return the ball 55 yards back the other way. Awesome. And then, there, and then there's a taunting penalty on uh, on both taunting penalties. Well, that the was on Rams and the one on the return. Yeah, they got to ra- he's got to rein that in a little bit. I think they're out of control, and, and Marone has they to are. do a better job of reining those guys in, but. They're going to be in hard out every single week because of that defense. I mean, that defense is special. It's hard to move the football. Bortles, I also Bortles stinks, though. I also didn't like the call by the Chargers on third down not to allow Philip Rivers to throw the ball. You know who else didn't like it, by the way? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers didn't like it. Did you? What do yeah. you think of that? You, you got a veteran quarterback. You got to let him throw the football there. What was it like? Third and eight. They called a draw there. Yeah, correct. Like third that. and eight. Yeah. Exactly right. We called that play when we were yeah. sitting there. It's going to be a draw. What yeah, is- that's the death knell for the Chargers, and and that's a team that easily could be six and three right now. They have more talent there. I, I'm going to newsflash to Dean Spanos: spend money and get a real head coach, bro. Like, just get around to doing that eventually. Try it for clicks and giggles, <laughs> and see how it goes. Because this team should not be three and six. No, they shouldn't um, be, and I, I completely agree with that. I think Anthony, Lewis you know, and I, it's got to be a one and done there. I mean, if they finish whatever six and ten, like. Jump into the deep end of the coaching pool for once and see how it goes. Um, yeah, that's a game that they, they sort of gave away the way the Chargers do. And it's a shame because the, whatever, Eklund or whatever, the kid I never heard of who caught like seven balls for 100 yards. Austin had a Eckler. hell of a game for them. Got in the end zone a couple times. And then that fumble was just, was just bizarre. Um, a lot of credit for Jacksonville, but I wrote this in my column. I'm with Pete here. You know, Jalen Ramsey plays with an edge, but he plays over the edge too much. And, you know, that Marquise Lee talking penalty, I wouldn't have put the kid back in the game. Dude, he thought he got a P.I. flag, and he went into a full 
histrionic dance. No, he like thought he got a roughing. He thought he got a, a roughing the call. No, he thought he got a, a unnecessary roughness. Right, yeah, does, uh, right. Unnecessary. He thought he drew a flag. That's what I'm saying. Well, he, he did. Make, he was going near making the catch. He did. He did but, draw but a he flag. Gives it back. I, I yeah, actually, I, know, back. I thought that was pretty disgraceful of the refs to pick well, that flag up on the getting a flag, dude. Come on. Yeah. Well, that was stupid. Look. Doug Barone has to rein that group in. They've had, they look. Think about that in the last couple of weeks. You had Fournette. and then what does Lee do later in the game? He drops that bomb, right? Which, which would have, which would have won the game in regulation. Yeah, right. He drops the freaking ball or an overtime. Yeah. Right, sending those guys out there. Yeah, don't you know, take somebody off special teams and give them a chance. Well, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll have D.D. That Westbrook will bite them speed. in the ass down the line. Yeah, well, yeah, he's got to rein them in. Think about it against a good team in the playoffs. That that you know, you know good team. How about up against the Tennessee Titans when they when they had Fournette out last week with his thing. Then you got the thing with Jalen Ramsey. Now you got this stuff going on. He's got a. He's got a. Coughlin can't be happy. Happy head coach. But so. I, I mean, they're six and three. Hard to be that unhappy, right? Right. No, I mean, they could. They're they're in control of their own division. They got an easy schedule. They play Cleveland next week. You know what game's going to be big for them in a couple weeks? They got Seattle coming to Jacksonville. And I've I, I've heard. I don't know if this is true, Jason. You might know this. That game might get flexed to Sunday night, which would be which weird. game? Jacksonville and, and Seattle in a couple weeks. Yeah, I haven't looked at the rest of the schedule. I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't hear any scuttlebutt about that. I got to say this, too. Dude, a lot of empty seats in Jacksonville. Come on, man. That's interesting, given given that the team's pretty good. A lot of empty seats. We had the dirty feed, and they pulled the shots up during commercials where they banned the upper deck. Not good. I mean. But, you know, good. they close off part of that upper deck. You know that, don't I'm you? I'm talking about the half of the thing that's not. I'm not talking about the canopy, Pete. I'm not counting that as empty seats. I'm talking about the other side of the upper deck. Yeah, but there's empty seats everywhere. You pick on Jacksonville too much. There's empty. Go go put the Steelers. Dude, pan the Steelers game. Pan the Steelers. Pan the Steelers stadium sometime after halftime and tell me how many people no, are in this. I'm stadium. not talking that. I'm talking yeah. like into the you're, game, you're, like first quarter, second quarter. I I, I know before they had the 60, game, people, people. It takes forever to get there. They had sixty thousand people. Any stadium. All right. Then, I'm not talking third quarter. Yeah. You're moving them. The, the you're trying to justify your decision. You're writing the, when they're moving to London. The London Shagwars. But um, not going. So what about, what about, Do you know the only team in the NFL that's allowed to sell, sell corporate sponsorships and uh, individual. Uh, like beer sponsors, this sponsor, that sponsor in the UK. That would be the Jaguars, I'm guessing, since you're asking the question. Yeah, only right? one thing. I mean, listen, it's not outside the realm of possibility, but for the moment, it um, doesn't really matter. They're trying to win a division, and their main opposition here, Jason, the Titans, who almost yacked this one away to the Cincinnati Bengals, Ooh, a late touchdown by DeMarco buy, Murray. I don't buy the Titans at all. They I don't, I don't buy either streets. of those teams. I have not been impressed with them, any of those teams. No, I'm not when either. When they play a real team, you're going to see. Well, they play Pittsburgh Thursday. Thursday night, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't buy them. I really don't. Uh, Mariota got the crap knocked out of him today. He got tackled from behind late in that game, and it looked like he may have aggravated the hamstring again. Um, don't make a play here or there, but they, they just don't impress me. They've got some individual players who impress me. The safety, the fired kid got his hands on the ball again. But I, I'm sorry. I, I just do not think they're a good football team. Maybe they'll put me wrong. Um but I don't buy them. I worry about their defense. I, I do. They just haven't been good enough. You want a, a get-right spot for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers? Right. How right. about this upcoming Thursday night against right. Tennessee? I think he's going to have an opportunity to get right. I, I just worry about the Titans' defense. I'm, I'm with you, Jason. But their schedule is easy, too, the rest of the way, though. I mean, look, it might come down to the week you know, 17 where Jacksonville at Tennessee for deciding that division. Could that get flexed? 
Maybe. Well, because I don't think that, Seattle's that getting flexed with Jacksonville because that's Ray, that's Baltimore Pittsburgh right on that night. Yeah, December tenth. The, the week seventeen game is always like whatever the winning right. win game is. So. Plus, you know, if you're going to flex anything from that weekend, if it's allowed to be flexed, the Rams and Eagles play on the on that week. I love that the Rams. This is this is good stuff in the NFL this year. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. A couple more games uh, for us to hit. I have no interest in talking about the Packers Bears game, Jason, except to talk about John Fox's ridiculous challenge that resulted in a turnover. Um, when the ball was fumbled out of the, what, the Benny Cunningham play, which turned out to be uh, a turnover for the Bears, and you see his face on the sideline as he realized what he's done. And look, you want to credit Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley looked better today, whatever. And the Packers are 5-4, and four, and I guess you can make the argument they could tread water until Aaron Rodgers comes back. I personally don't see it happening. But to me, this felt like it could have been the beginning of the end for John Fox in Chicago. And, Jason, I'm curious if you share that assessment or what you think about think, Fox's future. I think it's been the beginning of the end since he's hired because they weren't a very good team and they had a rookie GM. And, you know, I didn't think he was going to last more than three years anyway. Um. I mean, he's he's relying on the people in the in the box there, you know. I mean, it ultimately falls on him, but from his angle where he's standing, he he's relying on the guys in the replay booth and his assistant coaches up there to tell him what what the hell's going on and and you know what 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 the you know should we go should we should we risk this or not? And I didn't think obviously he didn't think. Worst case, he's thinking is the ball spotted on the one or the two, and it's not a touchdown. Look, the only reason they're quasi-competitive is because the defense has been way better than anybody expected. Today they gave up what twenty-seven points. That's, they're not going to—they're never going to score twenty-seven points unless the defense scores multiple touchdowns. So, I mean, Green Bay was eventually going to win a game. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as sort of uh, irate about this as, as I guess some other people are. I, I never thought John Fox would be the coach of, of the Bears in 2018. So this doesn't necessarily change a lot for me. I don't think the Bears are going to beat too many more teams. Trubisky's still really limited, and, and the margin of error for the defense is slim. Uh, you know, and Mike McCarthy's going to win a few games down the stretch. They're not going to go over for the rest of the season, even though Hunley's the quarterback. Can, can they tread water, guys, until until Rodgers comes back? If Rodgers comes back, is this a team that can that can hover around 500 and maybe push for a wild-card spot in December? Uh, well, they got five sacks today. Nick Perry had three of them. If they can continue to get defensive play like that, then maybe. I don't see it happening. They're hosting the Ravens next week. That Ravens, off, that Ravens offense is not right. great. Then on the road in Pittsburgh, that'll be tough. They host the Buccaneers, then go to Cleveland. There are some winnable yeah, games winnable coming winnable up games for this there team. for the team. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting for the They can the win Packers. a couple of those games. Jason, I want to give you the floor here to talk about your guy, Hugh Jackson, and what the hell happened at the end of the first <laughs> half. Um, that's, I mean... I, I I don't even. How do you explain it? Um, at the two yard line with 15 seconds left and no timeouts, a quarterback sneak doesn't get into the end zone and they run out of time. Don't get a field goal. End up losing by 14 points in Detroit. Now 0 and 9 on the you season. Know, it was a check with me of some sort. The quarterback was able to audible him in and out of some stuff, and that's the play he put him in. Now this is one I am putting on the head coach entirely. I don't care what the quarterback did. You know how limited the quarterback is. You know the situation there. You get in his ear and you tell him, you know what I mean. Here are your two plays. Pick one of them. You don't. That that should never have been, you know, an option. If it's the old Chinese food menu, you know, one from group A, one from you know side B, and they get a quick. We're losing him a little bit, but look, the bottom line, it was a disaster, and you put it on the head coach. You can't, you can't at all try and blame that on a rookie quarterback. You go to the line of scrimmage. You got what, fifteen seconds. 
you, you have no timeouts. You can't run the ball. You have to get them on the perimeter. You have to be able to throw the football. Make make the defense make a decision. You get on the perimeter, you make a throw. If it's incomplete, you kick your field goal. You go in and half feel good about yourself. And so what happens? You go in and half and you feel crappy about yourself. You don't you don't feel good about your team and they get blown out in the second half. Bottom line is I put that on the hey, head coach. Sorry, I, I lost my signal. Yeah. No yeah. worries, no worries, Jason. We're going to come to you to finish up in a second. But first, I got to tell you about our friends at SeatGeek because you guys know. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but I got good news for you. A better, simpler way to buy is SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. The mobile experience is seamless. You buy and sell tickets in just two taps. And look, if I'm tapping, I don't want to tap more than two times. So just two taps for SeatGeek. Helps you get the best seats at the best prices. It's fully guaranteed. There's nothing like seeing your favorite team or musician in person. And SeatGeek's going to get you closer to the action for an awesome value. And look, we're down here in South Florida. Florida. And there are a lot of people in the office here at CBS who are huge fans, alum of the Miami Hurricane. And they got great tickets to this past Saturday night's game as Miami thrashed Notre Dame with SeatGeek. And they used the app to get it done. They got a number of great tickets to that game. Miami rolls over Notre Dame, and they were really happy with it because SeatGeek made it happen for them in just two taps. Now, here's the thing. You listeners out there who are wondering, should I get on the SeatGeek train? Should I make my life easier? The answer, of course, is yes. And here's more good news for you. You're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase, just download the app and enter the promo code PICK6 today. That's promo code PICK6 for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek is going to get you closer to the action and makes things super easy for you buying tickets to see sports and concerts. So let's close the podcast here, guys. Uh, I don't know. Who, who can we talk about here at the end here as I circle through this here? Can't wait to go and get something. Can we talk about eat. Bobby Brinson? Why is he not a part of this? Oh, he's, Pete, would you like he's to? MIA would, he MIA He said he had to get his, his he, loafers buffed. No, he had to put his, his he said he had room. to put his kid down. And he said his son was being a pain, so he couldn't, he, he really was not, he was not a bit. He did text really? him about five minutes ago and we were like, we'll finish it off. Don't worry about it, bud. Dude, he, he begs off. Like, that's pretty, a little bit telling. A little bit of a tell there, but old Bobby. Get on him. Get on him. <laughs> he waves the white flag real easy. Um, anything else for us to get here? Anyone want to talk about the Lions? Praise Detroit for the win today. Detroit no. staying alive in the NFC no, playoff that picture. Doesn't deserve conversation, but they are alive. Buccaneers beating the Jets fifteen to ten. That's a bad loss for the Jets. There. I mean, look, I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team, but any shot that they had to be in a playoff team evaporated in Tampa today. They're done. Do you want to know who the real big loser was in that game? Who's that, buddy? It was Dirk Cutter. Take a look at the stands there. This is a yeah. business. Oh, yeah. That, in trouble. that was, I've never seen, I mean, maybe I've seen something like that, but it's been a while. It's not just, when it's not just the upper bowl, but it's the second tier of the lower bowl. That's literally sections that look uninhabited in the second quarter of a game. Midway through the season, that's not good. And trust me, the, the Glazers are, are looking around at that as much as they're going to look you at that box or remember, or remember mentioned- that Fitzy beat McCown. You mentioned Gruden today uh, as a possibility in Tampa. What, what... I buy it. I buy that one big time. Yeah, more than I thought I would have a week ago. Yeah. So I, I think let's close, yeah. let, let's let's close with this here because Jason wasn't on at the start when we crushed the Giants. Um, I said, Jason, with the way that this team played today, they quit on Ben McAdoo. I don't think there's any question about it in San Francisco. And you never want to see a guy lose his job. But I don't know how the Giants can rationalize putting Ben McAdoo on the sideline next Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Have you heard anything? What's your sense on what the Giants may or may I mean, not do? That's not how they roll generally, that family. But I, I agree that it could happen. But here's the thing. Here's, here's where they're in a pickle. Who, who do you reward? The defense has given up 81 points in eight quarters. 
right? So it's not really a reward, though. Been the loyal soldier, yeah. But the guys who were throwing the McAdoo under the bus, um, from what I gather, the guys who were giving all the unattributed quotes about we're tanking, it's over, we hate this guy, they're on that side of the ball. It's got to be Jenkins and and Cromartie, right? So who you know? Do you give it to Mike Sullivan? Who do you give it to when you're one and eight and this much of an abject failure? And it's not like you have some up-and-coming hot stud coach on the staff who you think might get interviewed somewhere else. So that's a problem. And you don't want to reward the players in general because ultimately it does come down to the players. No matter what they think a McAdoo, this team has no business being that bad. Uh, you, you guys spent have... a ton of money on the defense. So do I think something will happen? Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is there's blood from Jerry Reese's hand and Mark Ross. And while everything I've heard this week, even prior to this debacle, was that I didn't see a scenario where McAdoo got fired and they did not get fired with him. In other words, I thought everybody's going down with the shift. You know, do you want to give them potential outs as well? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's it, I did not think that they would get worked like that. And really, no one in upper management of that team did either. I mean, this, this was a game where at least you thought – yeah, they could have found a way to win it. So, you know, clearly something has to change from an optic level, and at some point they're going to have to throw their fan base a bone if they think anybody's going to be sitting there in December in the cold watching this crap. But you tell me, who the hell do you get? Like, you know what I mean? What's, who, who do you give it to? I, I think maybe Mike Sullivan. I don't know. I don't know that you can give it to Spags. And I know he's been a head coach and all that, but, dude, what the hell happened to that defense? You can't blame McAdoo for that. It looks like they've quit, and I th- and I think that's clearly I think what's happened to this defense. Well, good, I I'm quitting I, on this podcast. I think right it now. was absolutely. So I would say, say, let's close with this, Jason. What was your your satanic best bet of the week? You took the Steelers, right? That was your pick. No, it was the Patriots. All right, so that's underway right now. They're up fourteen nothing, so that's looking pretty good, Pete. No, you're super- fourteen. It's fourteen three, and the Broncos are going in fourteen three. So Pete, your picks: Redskins plus one loser, <laughs> Falcons winner. Broncos look like they could be a loser. Giants loser, and you've got Miami tomorrow night. I'm three and two. Bobby Brinson, Skins plus one, loser. Bears minus five point five, loser. Bills plus three, loser. Chargers he won, so he's one and three with the Panthers tomorrow night. So I guess maybe a better week for us, all things considered, given that some of us won some games. I'm three and two, so not all look, bad for the guys. Don't, in the you pick six that, don't you love the way that Nick has a good week and he goes through everybody's picks? But do I not? I, I kill my picks all the time. I've sucked right. the entire year. I mean, right. that, that's right. pretty much how it goes. Hey, Nick. Yes. Does your mailman have my shirt or what? In the mail. Liar. You're the in mailman. the mail. You're a liar. Tomorrow morning. In the hands of the U.S. Postal it. Service. He hasn't mailed it yet. Do you believe him, Prisco? You're no, standing there with him. Is he lying? He's laughing. I'm smiling. He's, he's I'm not laughing. laughing. He said it. I, I will. Been, a thousand dude, percent. That series has been over for like three weeks. You're bro. not wrong. I, 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 you know what, Jay, and you know what, Jason? Don't he's off, off like You're four busy. days a week, too. He can easily go to the post office and mail you a shirt. So this is what we want you to do. Uh, on Twitter, our guy Desjardins, the conductor, has started a, a Twitter account for this podcast, at Pick6Pod. Follow there. Eric tweets all kinds of funny stuff. We ask you to make picks. You can get involved at Pick6Pod. And also, leave that five-star review because you know that I especially need it for my self-esteem. Five-star review on the Pick6 podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever the hell else uh, you can find podcasts. Repeat Frisco and Jason Lockin for and the conductor, Eric Desjardins. I am Nick Custos. We will catch you in the middle of the week for Hot Take or Just Right. Also, known as clicks and giggles and perhaps put even my baby down. perhaps even Bobby Brinson will join right, us. I'm gonna go put my son. Oh, I don't have a son. Go <laughs> Frisco, put the burrito down. <laughs> See ya.